Welcome, episode 31. I can't believe 30 episodes in and I think I have a schedule, a routine. I am so anti-routine, but it looks like every Monday I've been interviewing uh, somebody else who's defined the norm. Victor and I are coming together on Wednesdays for Awaken Wednesday and Saturday mornings I'm bringing you my own personal muses, like where I, just kind of where I am. And so today I'm going to talk a little bit about homeschooling and how I personally see it related to the state of the world. And, you know, maybe, maybe I'm totally off here. It's just that I have been on for so many of these other things, these other stages of life that I kept my mouth closed and I, or selfishly just did me. And I thought, you know what? Maybe it's the astrology. Maybe it's the shift in the stars or something. But I feel like I need to, uh, I need to talk about it. I need to open the dialogue. Whether you agree with me or don't agree with me, that's that's awesome, right? So here we go. Episode thirty-one. We're going to talk about homeschooling and what the future looks like for our kids. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically. Live outside the box. Dream big. And question everything. This is the Five and One podcast with Nomads with a Purpose. Welcome. Happy Saturday. Well, let's see. So a lot has happened for us this week. We uh, came back to Polson for a couple weeks. I thought we were going to take off and go to 10 sleep and go climb this week, but the weather just didn't didn't look appealing enough to drive. And honestly, the drive between Polson and Missoula is so, I don't know what it is about it, but I can't stand driving it. The only drive that's worse is when you're trying to leave San Diego and you have to drive through Riverside. But I'm sure there's a lot of worse drives. Actually, the next worst is driving through Salt Lake City. But I was just a little unmotivated to head out to Missoula. Even Gabby, who's super ambitious and excited about, yeah, let's go climb, let's go road trip, was like, man, mom, We've done that drive from Polson to Missoula so many times because it takes a solid hour and you just feel like at that point, like you should be somewhere and you're not, you're like really, once you hit on the I-90, you're just getting started. And so we decided to chill all week, even though the weather was really bad. And so with our somewhat chill lifestyle, we become over uh, workaholics, I guess you'd say. And, you know, Gabby's pushing out tons of stuff on her new Flow State Warriors, and Isabel's really taking the lead on making mindfulness fun, and I'm working on so much on nomads and on my own personal stuff. It was, it's been, it's been an interesting week to say the least, and then there's so much happening in the world, and I don't know, I saw, um, I saw a post this week on Instagram, which, you know, if you don't know, Gabby and I really do a team effort and by team effort I mean Gabby does 80% of the work on our nomads Instagram 
and she usually makes sure she gets all the photos edited and tells me what photos and pretty much is like mom we need a post and like all week I've been dragging my feet on writing posts and um I was trying to kind of differentiate my voice between nomads where it's mostly just about travel destinations hikes and then being a little bit more me on my personal but in order to do that I felt like oh I'm not I'm I'm not a consumer of Instagram very very good not at all and so I actually tried to consume a little bit this week and by me consuming I probably was on for an 15 minutes a day. I think that's my limit right now. And so I was consuming and I came across somebody new and actually I didn't even come across. My kids are so good about sending me, oh mom, you'll like this person. Oh mom, this is somebody who's saying things just like you. Hey, check this out. Um, Which is going to tie into what we're going to talk about, about homeschooling and how like my kids know me better than I know me sometimes. Um, This guy, Garrett Kramer, if you follow him, you know, he's, he's, um, in some ways, like, I wish I could be as loud as him. I'm, I just, I don't know. Is there something in like the Enneagram 8 that like, like normally would have been as loud as him, but in growth to become like a 2 and be married to a 2, I've started to um, close my throat chakra more, believe it or not. And so I don't say everything I'm thinking. Um, in fact, I feel like I've in like something like this, a solo cast, it has, I have to give myself permission to express more of my thoughts. Anyways, he said, he put a post up, the reason so many parents tell their kids not to succumb to peer pressure is that they continue to succumb to it themselves, regret it, and want a better life, a life of freedom for their kids. What they don't realize is that kids don't care what they're told. Kids do, however, recognize and appreciate those who explore for themselves, those who are true to themselves, those who live on their own terms, no matter what, no matter what. In reality, it's kids who yearn for, sorry, my post died. It's kids who yearn for their parents to encounter peer pressure and turn the other way. Well, that's really struck me. That was a really powerful post to me because I thought, you know, just last week it was Mother's Day and you know, Gabby mentioned something about like that she likes the fact, you know, saying thank you for, you know, always, always pushing forward, always like just listening to your heart, always doing what, you know, I've never really looked for permission. When we started this lifestyle, I didn't even, it wasn't even a thing. It wasn't really. And like, I think about how much I didn't, I definitely should have been more successful in this realm of whatever, you know, blogging, podcasting, YouTubing, all of it, the whole thing. I should probably have been way more successful, but I was just too busy being happy to do it the perfectly right entrepreneurial way. I've just, you know, the same thing that um, made it so that we could live the lifestyle we did, which was really having blinders and just trusting intuition, listening to my heart, uh, going with like the feeling that I wanted to create down the line is also the thing that makes it so sometimes you're you're maybe less successful. And so I thought about how, I go, well, what, what are the, is that, is that truly what kids need? Do they really want parents who are going to stand up, look at the system and say, no, thank you. I don't want any part of that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe for us, it worked. 
It absolutely worked. It still works. Uh, I'm be kill- kidding you if I said like, oh, I don't worry sometimes about where um, the fact that we're so anti the system um, that it couldn't, you know, turn in a negative way. But at the same time, to live life uh, not aligned to your values and to your heart isn't isn't a way to live. And so, uh, I just posted today on or yesterday on Instagram about like. Uh, I think it's like just the crypto market, uh, you know, it took a huge dive this week and I, I really believe in it. I really, um, I'm not so much like, oh my gosh, we're, it's, it's our only hope. But at the same time, it is our only hope. Like the system's broken. We can't, the, what this financial system represents, I had no idea six years ago when we moved into an RV that it was a reflection of how broken the system was. All I knew was that it was really important to me to create amazing memories and have an amazing connection with my kids. I didn't want them to grow up and feel like, man, I didn't even get to know you. I didn't even, we didn't spend any time together. We, you know, we, you're, now you have your own life. I did not want to miss out on not getting to have them as a part of my life. And so, you know, we, we just made big, bold moves and we did what we did but, you know, back then when we were first starting out, we Victor and I even, we had shirts. We started off with a website, robinvictor.com, and the motto of it was, be who you want your kids to be. Um, I guess I feel pretty proud. Like, I feel like for the most part, I go, well, I, I think uh, I tell my kids like, well, be like me, but you don't have to be so abrupt. <laughs> you don't have to have such a loud, you don't have to be so harsh in your delivery. And they're not. I know that part of it's that, that's just being a type eight. Like you just see it, you go for it. And that's that's how it, it comes across. But at the same time, like if there's a desire there, I want them to do it. And so likewise, I think, well, when there's a desire, we go for it. We absolutely step in. And like, even if it, if it means, you know, it's against the, against the grain or not acceptable or, you know, you, um, I saw a lot of posts this week on just how many people feel like hurt because friendships are lost. And while that's sad for sure, I think, I don't know, I guess I've lost a lot of friendships along the way too, but I don't, it doesn't bother me that much. I guess that's my type A kind of coldness. It's like the people who matter to me the most are still in my life. Like I don't want to, I don't want to change or um, close off my throat chakra completely just to keep them for the sake of keeping them around. Uh, the The other thing is, you know, we don't live the way we do to like offend anybody ever. Like it's never about that. So small ramble, but let's go back to homeschooling. So homeschooling has a lot of different um, ways that you can box it in. And boxing anything in is a horrible way to look at life. You know, you're red, you're blue, you're anti this, you're pro that. That's horrible. Like the, the second, everybody's brain does it, mine included. But as soon as it does it, I try to catch and be like, you don't, we don't need to label it. We really don't need to label it. But when we started homeschooling, um, I, again, I started homeschooling. My Danny was three years old, really started because he was, you know, he was my oldest. I was really young. I had him at 22. So I'm 25 years old. I have Danny. Gabby's like 
a year and a half at this point. And we're running, Victor and I are running a business, working long hours. Everybody in the community sends their kids to preschool. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'm supposed to sign them up for preschool, send them to preschool. He was really like, I don't know if it's because he was born small for gestational age or if it just was going to be his personality no matter what, but he really did not fit in that system even at preschool. And so maybe three weeks into sending him, he, I, I finally pulled him because every single time I drop him off, an hour later, they'd call me to come pick him up because he was crying in the corner with his blanket sucking his thumb. It took me maybe three weeks to be like, to look at Victor and go, this is stupid. What are we doing here? And so, uh, not that I was like at three. In fact, a lot of people will message me and they have a five-year-old or younger and like, I'm thinking of homeschooling. And so this, this episode should give you some insight and help you if you're one of those people or if you know somebody who's thinking about homeschooling and has a five-year-old or younger. But he's three and I'm thinking like, well, she's... I doubt I'm going to ever send him to school after that. And there are a couple, we taught gymnastics. We knew a lot of families. The families that we knew that homeschooled, I really liked the values. You could tell there was a difference back then. I mean, there's probably still a difference now, but there was a difference that was really striking back then. And so it was weird at the time. Um, I mean, I'm old. I don't think I'm that old, but there was a difference that if you homeschooled, you were definitely labeled Christian. And not anything against, you know, we're extremely spiritual people, but I would not consider myself Christian. And so I think of like how far that's changed. It's like label after label after label. Like, why can't we just be? So <laughs> we end up homeschooling and it, it was great. It was, I started off with a very, very, very driven, traditional homeschool experience. Gabby and Danny were grades ahead of their grade level by the time they were like eight years old. And I took so much pride in that. I mean, I every Sunday I'd spend hours um, assigning, like writing out their curriculum, like to the to even like the 15 minute, nine to 9.15, I will teach you math. And then from 9.15 to 9.35, you will do your math workbook. And then we will have a 10 minute break for snack. I'm kid you not, like I it was structured like you would envision the most type A personality type would have it structured. And it was great. They had these little cute flip desks from, I probably got them at like Target. And it, it felt like a school. We had a 10 foot chalkboard every morning. It was like nine o'clock on the dot. Okay, sit down, start your, you know, I'm going to start with a math lesson, like I said, and do your math. And then we have a snack and then you do your wordly wise. And then we do reading together. And it was so structured. Um, and, and really until, uh, Danny was probably about 12, that happiness became important to me. Maybe he was a little younger than 12. He might've been closer to 10 or 11, but you know, if you have a lot of kids or you, they're grown up, the years kind of blur together. And so he, uh, we're about that, this age that I know for sure it was, I had four kids at the time because around the time when my fourth child was born, Jariah, is about the same time when Victor had severe adrenal exhaustion and it was so stressful and so exhausting that I think I was already driven towards purpose and uh, books, but I think at that point I was even more driven towards like self-growth books because you just felt it was probably the first part of my life where I felt like I was actually drowning and I wanted more. 
And so I read Happier. Ironically, I'm going to tell you, I just uh, ordered that book again because I don't know what happened to our copy. I'm sure we threw it away. But um, I just reordered it because I'm like, Victor, you have to read this book. This book like made such a difference in the kids, well, in my life, but also in the kids' life. Then I'm like, oh, I think this book would really help you right now. So I'll try to remember and put it in the show notes. Um, so I read Happier and I thought, wow, I should totally teach this to the kids right now. This would be amazing for their homeschool. And so we added that. It was probably after lunch because I never would like, math was always the priority. And then came like reading and writing. And then came like history, occasionally science. But happiness would have definitely fallen above learning about science, at least in my homeschool classroom. And so we we take out... Um, I created the, the class. I think I called it, um, oh man, I need to ask Gabby. It wasn't out of the box because I did that a couple of years after that. It was called, I don't know, I probably called it a happiness class. And I said, okay, it's time for your happiness class. And I would do the lectures in the books about like looking at a graph and like evaluating, are, you know, are you doing things for instant gratification? Are you doing things for future future gratification and um, monitor your day. What things make you happy? What would you want to do more of? What would you want to do less of? And I really think, I mean, if I could pick one thing that was differentiating or made a difference, I guess, in how happy my kids are today, it was probably that class triggered a whole cascade of amazing things in our life. But we did that and the kids became way more up until that point, I would say I was very much like, you need to be capable, you need to be um, driven. But at that point, it was something that made it so that we could shift to like, instead of my expectation, this is what you should be. It shifted it to be like, you create what you want. And so that framework was amazing. It, it did so much in uh, them taking responsibility at whatever 10 and 12 years old for what happiness was going to look like. Like, do you want to, what do you want to study more? Do you want to do mostly history? Do you want to do mostly science? Do you want to do mostly writing? And Danny ended up going on the path of writing. He loved creative writing. He would spend hours and hours just writing books, editing books. Um, Gabby was very creative. Uh, her creativity has just gone in so many different directions since then to obviously website design and social media to uh, creating courses and uh, like the videography. There's been so many things. But the, the point was that the homeschooling was about like be happy. And so I think that's the big take home that I would want to start with. Like we put ourselves in these boxes. I'm a homeschooler. I'm a road schooler. I'm an unschooler. And the fact is, is whether you send your kid to school or not, our role as parents is to make, is to help our kids on their own path to happiness while simultaneously being aware of our own path to happiness, which is really simple but really hard to implement for a lot of people because you have all this social conditioning in that you as a parent, whether you realize it or not, are probably driven subconsciously by needing affirmation for your by whatever your child achieves. So think of it this way. You're 
again, it's not necessarily something you're aware of, but you're going through the motions of like, I'm going to create all these opportunities because if I do this for my child and they become successful, it's going to be a reflection of my worthiness as a human being. And I'm my, the only way I can, reason I can say that is because I caught it. I knew exactly that there were moments in um, raising my kids that I'm like, whoa, 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 what am I doing here? Like, who cares if they score the goal? Who cares if they nail that? floor routine who cares if they catch the next wave who cares about these things who cares if it's a best-selling book it's all those things were just subconsciously a reflection of how i thought my success would be defined and so really along the way i caught that she's it doesn't really matter and then i and then what happens is as soon as you let go of like oh wait their success is not defining me you can stop and be like, well, what does define me? What do I like to do? And then that flips it to a whole nother scenario because for me, I'm like, well, man, I really, I, you know, I started surfing before my kids started surfing. I'm like, I really love, I love waking up in the morning and paddling out and feeling feeling the water every, every paddle stroke and having to duck dive and or turtle roll. And I love sitting out in the, Break, outside the breakers and just the calmness and the quiet. I feel like a complete person when I'm in this experience. And so there is that transition from, you know, reflecting on, oh, my, my human existence, my consciousness is not tied up in what my child does to what is my consciousness? Who am I? What's the point of, of why I'm here? to, oh, I feel this connectedness to the universe. I feel happiness here. I, I am doing something to, to um, even to have just a deeper connection to like find the nooks and crannies within myself. It's like literally every, every surf session started, started uh, washing out the cobwebs within. And so, you know, we, I probably surfed for a good... Well, at least six months before Gabby even said, oh, I want to come surf with you. And I was so happy just surfing that I'm like, sure, if you want to, there's a surfboard, figure it out yourself. I didn't push her into waves. I went and did my surf session. And if she wanted to sit there and like struggle in front of the, in the whitewash, awesome, go ahead. I remember, um, you know, some days if Victor wasn't working or if he was working and he wasn't watching the kids, I'd be like, Kids, get up early. We're going to the surf. I don't want to go surf. I don't want to sit on the beach. I hate it. It's boring. Tough. Get your stuff. Go. And, you know, that was that was our normal life for a long time. Um, I think that hardship of, like, you just do it. You suck it up. Be bored. I don't care. Bring something to entertain yourself. Don't bring something to entertain yourself. I don't really care. You're sitting on the beach. I'm going surfing right now. Did, did wonders for them. I mean, they they eventually, a lot of times, like they'd complain when I brought them to the beach. And by the time I was getting out of the water, like an hour and a half later, they're running up, hugging me, super happy. And, you know, there's just not enough opportunities for that today. Well, at least in the traditional sense, 
there's not because there are plenty of opportunities. We live our life all the time right now, whether we're in a house or on the road. My kids have tons of opportunities for that. You just have to, you kind of have to shift your mindset within to, um, the, the biggest one is releasing the guilt. I mean, guilt totally comes into my consciousness multiple times a day. I just choose to like release it. It's not that I ignore it. I know it's there, but I'm like, man, eh, you guys are fine. This is good for you. Figure out, be bored, either be bored, find something creative or go talk to the chickens. Like you can, you can find something to do. And if we are on the road and we're playing, hiking, rock climbing, like you can sit in the car if you want, but we're going rock climbing. They're never going to choose, my kids at least, they're never going to choose sitting in the car by themselves. They're going to, they might complain, but like we're going climbing, we're going hiking, stay or come, it's your choice, but I'm going climbing. And it's, it's, it probably sounds cold. I don't know. I don't hear, I just don't hear that message enough. I think, um, so many people the what I do hear when I, when I actually go on social media is like, oh my goodness, it's life so hard. My kid does this or, and I just think like, shit, you got to flip the script. Like, no, this is what we're doing. That's not to say that they don't get an opinion because you have to go through this transition of, uh, where they complain, it's, it's inevitable. And then they have to be bored enough to like realize to, to appreciate it. And then what, where we're at now more is like, Hey, we're going to go hiking. Do you want to do hike A, B or C? And then everyone has an opinion. Oh, I like this one. I like that one. Then, then it shifts. Then you empower them again. Then you bring the, bring them into the conversation. Um, you know, it's not like, dictator parenting but the thing is like this this is what homeschooling is really about uh i know so many people you know you're if you're contemplating like oh do i give my kid the jab or send them or homeschool it shouldn't be even a question honestly in my opinion should not be a question homeschooling is not about how do i bring the school home homeschooling is about how do i step into being the role model, the leader that my kid needs. It's that's why that Instagram post stood out to me so much. It's because he's saying like our kids our kids love us. They look up to us so much. They want us to take the lead. They want us. You know, do you remember being a kid and thinking how much how much you want to talk back, how much you want to say no to certain things in in the system, in the schools, in even with your own parents whatever and you you know, I, I guess maybe part of me is like this because my dad was a little bit of a rebel in some ways, but I just think like, it must be so, um, must make my kids feel so confident to know that I'm going to fight for myself, not even just for them. Like I'm going to fight for myself. I am not going to tolerate because then I see it and they're like, well, my mom doesn't take anything from, take stuff from people shoot, I probably shouldn't either. And isn't that the greatest, like, that's what we want. We don't want our kids looking for somebody, to somebody else to be that hero. They want to be like, look up to us and make, oh man, my mom, my dad, they're my hero because they stand up for what they believe in. And so with homeschooling, all you have to do, you know, I have all these homeschooling courses. It's great. You, you know, I can tell you, get this curriculum, teach these subjects. Honestly, my big thing in my homeschooling workshop is 
Yes, reading, writing, arithmetic. I got to tell you, in the last two years, though, that's slipping away. I don't know if it's so important. I'm all for three new R's. Resourcefulness, rhetoric, and research skills. So resourcefulness, you need to be able to figure things out. You got to have a situation and be able to solve it. Travel is a great way to teach resourcefulness. Uh, granted, there a lot of times through other activities, especially just even, you know, camping, you learn to be backpacking, you learn to be resourceful. Rhetoric, we have to be able to communicate whether we choose. In fact, today, Tatiana is begging me to start her own podcast channel because she's like, my mom, I just, I just love interviewing people. I just feel so passionate about it. I'll pay for it, mom. I'll pay for it. Okay. How much does it cost? Okay. I'll go get a job because I just, oh, I just love talking. I just love people listening to me is really what she's saying. But this, the ability, so whether it's through a podcast or through a, a YouTube channel or through a blog, we, communication is going to be everything. So you have to choose your rhetoric. Um, and it doesn't, we don't need to have all three anymore. You know, I know plenty of successful YouTubers who are horrible probably at writing. Um, with today, with Digital World, you can hire out the parts that you don't like. So be good, figure out what your uh, thing that you're amazing at and just hire out the other part or bring on a team for the other part. Um, research is really though one that I think is the game changer because we used to have to memorize stuff so much. And really it's our ability to find information fast that is so valuable. Uh, so, you know, even just in our, if you don't know, like, yeah, I used to be so strict about homeschooling. Then we traveled and maybe we were considered road schoolers because we carry a couple of notebooks with us. I never did the online, uh, um, like, K-12 schooling. I've never done any of those online programs because it just doesn't seem to make sense. Um, I don't like being on anybody else's time schedule. And so we did, um, we've pretty much moved to fully unschooling, I guess, if you had to put me in a box, even though I think, I think it's entrepreneurial school. My kids are like, it's all about like learn marketing, uh, research what's popular now, um, you know, I'm having, like, understand how social media works. Not that I'm, like, let the younger ones on social media, but uh, it, it's a hard, it's a hard one for me to say where we're at because I've got only two kids that really I'd consider in school, but they're not, we don't do any traditional school anymore just because the world, it's changing. It's changing so fast. If you don't recognize how much things, how different things will look in two years, I encourage you to, uh, Look for it. Look and see and think like, oh, is this job going to exist in two to five years? Or what are the things that are emerging? I mean, even Tony Robbins just did a whole event and I listened to it because I'm like, I, I, I love it. It's great. It's, I love seeing um, people come together for empowerment and like script the life you want to live. And so I showed up and it was kind of like, oh, Okay, I already know this. We already do this. But I thought, wow, he is totally targeting people my age to learn how to shift over to the digital world. And I know with everything I, uh, Victor's going through and trying to figure out how to go from a in-person brick and mortar personal trainer to fully just online, like 
that age group that's hard. Our like the next the age group below us, they've they're used to it. And the age group above us, well, they're not they're retiring. So it doesn't matter. But think about for your kids. If you have kids that are five years old right now, what I was saying earlier is like you don't need to worry about curriculum. You don't need to teach school. What you need to do is develop their sense of self, which is kind of what I wanted to be the take-home message of of this of what homeschooling should be or has been about for us what i think it should be what i think it will be even more going into the future is mindfulness it's understanding the uh thoughts because jobs are going to be created based on your your unique sense of individuality your perception of the world um, it's not going to be what we're used to seeing. And so if we have a kid that's, I mean, even if we have a kid that's 12 years old, like Dry is, I think he's not in, he's not going to have the traditional jobs that we see right now. And it's important for me to give him the skills so that he's at least up to date with what technology is now so that he's ready to, uh, as it advances, he, he has a baseline. Um, that's not to say that I don't still believe that he should be able to, uh, read and write, but writing skills, definitely. I remember never teaching my kids cursive, barely teaching them spelling. Now, if you saw my youngest kids write a birthday card, it would be pretty embarrassing, but I'm okay. I, I don't mind, like, that's okay. There, those skills aren't valued enough for me to spend hours working on them. So, Consciousness and mindfulness, how do you integrate that into a school curriculum? I know, because you're thinking like, okay, so I'm going to not teach spelling or reading or writing or even math now, Robin, and I'm just going to teach my kids yoga? <laughs> and it's not that. It's um, it's really a function of coming back to, I start my homeschool courses with this like intention. First intention for like, what do you think? Your, what are you having, um, are you attached to a certain success out of your kids? Because if you are, you might not even know. Mindfulness starts with recognizing that subconscious belief. You might not even know like, oh my, I really want my kid to be way more professionally successful because I wasn't professionally successful. So you want to catch that right away. But then you also, you know your kid. You have to also look at him and be like, are they going to be like a nine to five, even if there are nine to five jobs in the future? Are they that type of person who's going to sit there and like plug away behind a computer at a desk? Are they going to, or are they people, pe people person? Or are they somebody who's going to need to be like changing jobs every six months? Or are they going to need to be entrepreneurs? Are they really good at teamwork and they need to connect with other people? Mindfulness comes down to like, uh, understanding the sense of self, understanding the thought processes that are going on within. And so how do you know that if you're a parent? Well, you ask your kids questions and you get them to respond with more questions. And you all of a sudden through that Socratic method of existing, not even like learning, we're not even opening a book yet, but that Socratic method of like, hey, what did you think of that today? What did you think of that interaction in that town that we went by? What did you think of that person? What were, what did you notice? You start to pick up on cues into what, how they think, what makes them tick, where they, 
where they thrive. And then all it takes is one tiny little uh, sense, little inspiration, I say, and you go with it, you know, and then when they lose that inspiration, you know, you maybe switch gears or you say like, hey, why do you have trouble with motivation? Does this not, is it because it's too hard? Is the process pain too much? Are you scared of failing? That's, that's the Socratic method to, if you want to call it unschooling, I, I don't know, we need an entrepreneurial sco- schooling, um, the great reset schooling, whatever you want to call it. But that kind of is the future of, I think, what we would have to do with education. Or if you feel overwhelmed, because I'm sure the, the entire world is not going to go to that mode of education. But if you're thinking differently, if you're trying to defy the norm, you want to live life on your terms, it takes stepping back and going and and kind of stripping away all those old belief systems on what school is supposed to do and redefining in your mind, like, what is success to me? What is happiness to me? I know I want my kids to really like be balanced, be happy, be, um, happy with who they are, not be constantly looking for affirmation on the outside from, from peers or from a spouse even, or, you know, we want to connect with the world. We want to connect with each other, but we don't need to be dependent for our sense of self from that other person. So if homeschooling means that you're, you're basically uh, packaging up a sense of self in your child, well, that's pretty cool, I think. All right. So I'm going to wrap it up with the uh, the heart summary and the hardest lesson. The hardest lesson to be able to homeschool and it, it's not about figuring out the right curriculum. It's not managing your kids. It's actually managing yourself. It's stepping away from that need for affirmation and entering into a space of true, true love. Like I, I know there's like, it's a hard word to like embrace, but detachment, unfortunately. I will tell you like, the more I practiced a little bit of detachment, and I know it's your kids, you love them so much, but I know I had to step back often and go, I need to be okay with the risk. I need to be okay with the sense of failure. I need to be okay if I'm not um, a reflection of their amazingness. And in doing so, there's a little turmoil in there, some rough waters, but if you really work on you, and show up as the hero of your own life, you're going to show up as the hero of your kids' lives in a lot of ways, but but you're not going to let yourself be that hero to them. What you're going to do is be like, be able to look at them and say like, hey, I love you, but be the hero of your own story. That's what makes them self, self-reliant, responsible, self-driven, capable. You want to, at the youngest age that you can, I would say most of my kids by about eight, had this sense of like, it's up to you to be the hero of your story. And so put them in their story as often as possible. Let them take control. Don't write their story for them. Homeschooling is not about bringing school into the home. It's not even about teaching anything that you remember learning in school. Homeschooling is about developing the self. Okay, so in purify the norm fashion, I hope you like that. It's a little bit, I know it's untraditional, so it makes me love it even more. All right, see you on Monday.